Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of That's My Jam, the podcast where we ask the hardest question of all time, what is your favorite song? With you, as always, I'm DJ Rios. DJ Germ. And um, we're back with episode eight, man. What's up, Jeremy? As some people around here say, I am blessed. Are you? I'm blessed. Hashtag blessed. Got my old good buddy back. Yeah. Hanging out with him. Got a shout out to... uh, the, the lady in my life who listens to every episode, she's like, you should say how cute I am. <laughs> well, like, so, yeah, you're, you're she? really, she's really cute. Is she? Yeah, and she likes metal. Hey. I go. still got to get, she was the one that I was going to get on to talk about metal. Because she's a big Metallica fan. I can tell her how Megadeth's better. There you go. <laughs> we can have her on uh, for Fake a no Halloween episode or something. Yeah. Get her on here. Um, but before we get started... Uh, just want to let you guys know that you can find us on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we don't tweet much, but I mean, if we do, it's just about upcoming it's episodes. Skip Bayless. Yeah, you targeting Skip Bayless for some I reason. Can't, I can't uh, tweet uh, Dick Vitale anymore. No. He blocked me. He did block you, didn't he? I forgot about that. <laughs> um, and then also, just some quick shout outs to uh, Silk and Suds. If you're into bath bombs, essential oils, uh, Look up Kayla's work over at silkandsuds.com. Uh, the Salumas podcast. If you are looking for something a little bit deeper to listen to as far as podcasts go, check those guys out. Kalu, Chris, and Brandon uh, over at the Salumas podcast. And lastly, uh, Caitlin Keen Photography. Uh, she is doing fall photos. She's booking those. So check her out on um, social media, Facebook, uh, Instagram. All that good stuff. If that get... slot hasn't been filled yet, man, I'm down. I don't, you know, I haven't, I think the boudoir photos have been filled, man. Oh, okay, well, good. Say. good. But uh, if you want to get those uh, fall uh, engagement photos, family photos, uh, pictures of your dog, you know, what, whatever you're into. Your uh, pumpkin carvings. Right, what have you. Uh, get out there. Just take a picture with your pumpkin spice latte. I mean, that's pretty big right now. Uh, I don't indulge. No, I'd, I'd rather have cider. I, I do like cider. Yeah. A little moonshine cider. That's good stuff, too. Uh, <laughs> uh, but so with us today, uh, local rock star, good friend of ours, go way back. Uh, actually, my old college roommate, uh, Latney Blunk. What's up, Latney? What's up, Rios, man? <sighs> Not much. You know, A special like, guest. Special guest. Like, the most I've been special wanting, guest. Yeah, this is the man I've wanted on. I'm a big fan of music. I'm a big fan of both of you guys from way back. I mean, we're your biggest fan. Oh no, I love you, Lush. No, my heart beats for Jeremy, man. He's a great guy. And Rios, we go way back, way, way way back. back. Yeah. Um. So let's let's get into Latney. Let's uh let's get the conversation going. What is your jam? Man, this was hard because I'm such a fan of music, same as you guys, and. uh, you know, you find those songs like when you're uh, a young adolescent around 13 and 14 that stick with you forever. So I thought about those, but I was like, I'm going to go with something newer that really moves me that I still want to hear every day. And so I thought about uh, Joanna Newsom. I don't know if you've listened to much of her work, but she come out of that freak folk movement of the San Francisco 2000, mid 2000s, 2004, 5, 6. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's uh, amazing. And she wrote a song about New York City and it it details the history of art and the city of New York and it kind of touches that deep deep place within an artist where you want to have a lasting impression and the song's called Sapaconican 
And that is my jam, dude. Can you spell that for us? <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a little bit out of my dictionary. I can't. I don't think I can spell it's, that. It's S A P O K A N I K A N, and it's like the uh, the Native Americans who originally lived in the New York City area, what became New York City. That's their name for that land, oh. Sapokonikin. And yes, yeah, so she details from the earliest, you know, Native. Um, the history of the land up through the Dutch settlers through the modern day and into the future. It's a timeless, like people you throw around the word timeless, but this is truly timeless as in she's not speaking from herself as like a, a storyteller in a moment. She is telling the history of a land and you know, like the history it's going to endure beyond us. And it has endured before us. Like, trees are ancient and they their time cycle is longer than ours longer than a human life cycle but the the life cycle of a geography is truly magnificent you right. know it's it's uh it's something special and it's not something that's touched on in music all the time people want to deal with their own selves deal with their situation and stuff but to take a step back and then to take three more steps back and to look at the geography and and artists throughout time like what is the goal of an artist to to express themselves and the truly great ones endure but for how long you know you build a statue of uh you know you have the the monuments they come down like look at our like confederacy the monuments to the confederacy lasted 200 years but now we don't appreciate that as much and they can be washed away and that history can be gone we still learn orally and through um, institutions like universities and stuff but what is really going to last what is here from 2000 years ago religion you know and what is going to last for 2000 years right wow that's uh so is that what the song covers it's yeah. right concept? yeah yeah and, okay. and like you know to to choose a, a a song that's my jam i love music it is such a deep part of me but i feel like this song kind of expresses that in a way that moves me very deeply like not only is this song uh, my jam but it includes my other jams you know what i mean like yeah, okay. it's inclusive of the artistic experience right wow that's, that's a good one to pick then yeah that's an incredibly deep meaning <laughs> and just i mean all around that's that's incredibly detailed lightning yeah i encourage you to hear it um I'll definitely check that out. The first line sounds so powerful. She's uh, the video's great. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson really directed it. Really, and, uh, she's walking through the streets of New York singing these lines, and she's describing the history of it. And it, it's a beautiful thing. But the first line, the cause is Ozymandian. The map of Sapokonikin is sanded and beveled, the land lone and leveled by some unrecorded and powerful hand. But that line about Ozymandian recalls the Percy Shelley poem, Ozymandias, which is about what remains through time, like the artist, the artist's impact on his environment. And uh, let me read this poem. Sure. Yeah, go ahead. It's uh, Ozymandias by Percy Shelley. I met a traveler from an antique land who said two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert near them on the stand on the sand half sunk a shattered visage lies 
whose frowned and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command tell that its sculptor well those passions read, which yet survive stamped on those lifeless things, the hand that mocked them and the heart that fed. And on the pedestal, these words appear. My name is Ozymandias, King of Kings. Look on my works, ye mighty and despair. Nothing beside remains round the decay of the colossal wreck, boundless and bare, the lone and level sands stretch far. It's a powerful poem, but it's it was written in the, the 19th century when a lot of these Egyptian artifacts were coming back to England. Mm -hmm. And he's saying like, you know, Ozymandias, this great and powerful king of Egypt, you know, left his mark and tried and built these great structures, but wind and sand and time has erased him. It's And the artist who sculpted him was aware of this. Like, this is something the artist is aware of. It's like, I will, I will make your magnificent structure, but I'm aware that time and sand and wind will erase you from history. Right. So the artist left a smirk on this sculpture oh. as his own mark to say to forward artists and to forward through history for people who would understand this because things change, uh, styles change, what's hip, it changes, what people are into, what people in power want changes. But the artist knows that time erases everything. And all, I mean, the, the fucking Renaissance, the great Dutch, uh, Dutch masters, they all have been erased through the human experience. You know, we all die. But what lingers is the artist. The, the king does not remain. You know, his, his works, his desire to be remembered doesn't remain. But the artist's work the men who built the pyramids, that remains. The Sphinx remains. We don't know the king's face. We don't know, you know, we don't know Tutankhamun, but right. we know the 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 art that was left in his tomb. It's right. like wow. what endures through history is art, not power, not wealth, not names. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And what's incredible about that song is that, you know, as powerful as as, as this sounds, you know, this you said the song came out like the mid two thousands. Like well, this is well, very she, recent. Well, she she first uh, came on the scene in the mid two thousands, but this is like twenty fifteen, I think, with her the last album that she released, which was called uh, Divers. It's off of that album, but she's so thoughtful and educated. Obviously, um, you know, I could have picked any of her songs. Really, there's one, the Good Intentions Paving Company, off Have One on Me, which is. If you ever been in love or in a long-term relationship she like hits nail after nail on the head like this person is not it's like Dylan or um, or Neil Young like where they they reach something inside everyone that's timeless this like feeling that we all have that we don't speak of you know and it takes a special person to go that deep Right. Because I try to I avoid, totally agree. Yeah, yeah, I try to avoid my emotions a lot of times. Right. Like <laughs> it's painful to sit with these emotions and then the people that communicate them. It's like the artist there's a quote and I can't remember it, but the artist goes somewhere beyond and brings something back. Mm -hmm. It's like their job. And 
that's it. It's like we get so caught up in the drama of our lives and every, from moment to the next, what, oh, this girl doesn't like me, but I'm pursuing her or, oh, this job is not working out, but I'm sticking with it. Or, you know, we all like those are not even great examples, but we all have our own personal dramas. Right. But the artist has to, to live outside of that and look like a scientist, like, yeah, we're all here, but what's going on above? What's, right. you know, teetering on the brink of something? Yeah. And I think that, like, I mean, really, that kind of thought connects with, uh, like, with my jam, Try, Try, Try. You know, I feel like, you know, we all have that certain trial or, or whatever you're going through, but you're, you're just kind of wanting someone to be there for you and you, you really need that in your life and absolutely stuff. and stuff like that is just i mean i think that's one of the reasons why try 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 is my favorite song because it just it's beautiful it's song, so man. yeah it's just so beautiful and it's reflective and it, and it definitely puts me in my feels so um is that the video where they're uh the junkies are in the bathroom yeah. 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 Video, man yeah. when i was a kid laid in bed late at night like eight nine ten years old mm -hmm. that's what i dreamed of like i did not dream of uh, nothing fantastical, but I, I dreamed of a love so pure and yeah. true. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like no matter where we are in society that like we love each other and we have each other's backs For sure. and that's something timeless too. Right. Like yeah. I mean, how many from, times have you seen the, uh, the love story where it's, you know, we got this big fancy wedding and you know, it's yeah. all this money and all these, you know, like material things. Yeah. There's right. the facade. You don't need that shit with like the, the real tradition love. and mm -hmm. the, um, the whole like you going through the motions of things, but that really deep love. It doesn't matter if yeah. you're in a bathroom shooting dope, right? Or if you have a beautiful wedding and uh, you know it's Lord of the Rings themed yeah. or something. But you know Man. you're like it doesn't matter when the love is pure and true and stuff. And so like that song definitely, I love that song, man. And it takes me there to where like the junkie junkie love is pure and simplified <laughs> right, right? there's is. nothing else there she's not there because he has a nice house mm -hmm. she's not there because her daddy told her to that mm -hmm. is the romeo and juliet of our era like mm -hmm. yeah. that is a true love yeah. and it's and it's just it's it's a pure beautiful thing in an unfortunate circumstance right, and i think right. it's and i think that as a whole is Universal. beautiful it's beautiful in yeah. itself oh, i mean yeah. it's yeah. i mean it, i got goosebumps just it's now like music just, it's yeah. like music itself like being universal and right really, and that, we connect on that level whether like a, a wealthy man can connect on that level with that song yeah uh someone who's left a superficial life of blonde after blonde on their fourth marriage mm -hmm. you know whatever for the photo shoot they get married you can connect on that because we all have someone we loved and lost or we all have someone where we thought like this is real like mm -hmm. this is not you know um i mean life is full of tough decisions but everyone has experienced real love oh yeah absolutely real love and real loss absolutely yeah and that you know the, like a really good director like that will convey their message back with the artist and be like you know let, let's let's have this video kind of convey something that when you even watch the video, you're going to be like, okay, I can interpret the song however I want, but this is, this is what love is, you know, take Absolutely. a, take a look yeah. at what love is. Yeah. And that's exactly what Jonas Ackerland does. Like not even with just that try, try, try video, but like with spun, spun. like he's going to show you what it is right. for face value. It's not like, Hey, this is what I think. Like this is, it, this is how it is yeah and like spun that movie yeah it's kind of goofy and what it is but i mean there is 
truth to that. Like there is Absolutely. this is this is what the dope life is, and you can you can laugh at it, or you know you can sympathize or whatever it is, but yeah. you have to acknowledge that this exists. Absolutely, it's just like uh, um, Trump and Trump Jr. Like they have a life of wealth and real estate and opulence and you know yes men and things like that's their world you can kind of get that you know you don't have to be there to understand like okay this guy you know no one's ever told him no he thinks he's the best you know he his experience is different than mine he doesn't have that deeper connection to experience right because he can always buy his way out of things he can always move on to the next beautiful woman who needs you know a rise but yeah like to have love at the deepest deeps of human experience like it's there's you can't buy that you can't buy the love that two junkies have no no i know you're you're right (laughs) yeah i mean that's that's why I want to see your your jam if you said that Paul Thomas Anderson directed the yeah, video yeah. because he's she's easily video. top ten living director, maybe top five. Like he's amazing. It's an amazing video. She's uh, she starts, you know, she's walking through New York City just singing the song, and uh, and the imagery escalates as the song escalates because you remember like in uh, high school or like freshman year of college, they're teaching you about. Tammany Hall and the corruption uh-huh. in New York. She mentions that. Uh-huh. So it's from, and she, you know, from pre-European colonization, the the Indian, or I'm sorry, native experience through European colonization, through the development of this country here and through beyond and throughout time, you know, the artist remains because what we learned in school about the Renaissance was Da Vinci, you know? Right. We didn't learn about their political structures or, you know, this person like Trump or Obama. No one, there was no specific, the Medici family maybe, the Bush family may uh-huh. be remembered in history, but not the way that the artists will be remembered. Right. Because, and there's this thing that happens, and it's something I love about the James Bond films, is because they've been around so long that you can see the cultural zeitgeist through the film like um you know the early 60s like goldfinger what was important was uh you know machoism and women were subservient it wasn't even questioned and then like you get to the 70s and like the villains change they're no longer maniacal uh super wealthy uh recluses or something they're more real like business owners and Mm -hmm. things and then you get into the night and terrorism is addressed yeah and that zeitgeist happens in music and art as well, you know. Yeah. And something that the artist can do, if you commission a painting for, if Trump commissioned a painting, something the artist can do is put his smirk in there, like, this was a false idol, this was right. something, you know, that, uh, and that's what the song addresses, is that, and the poem by Percy Shelley specifically addresses the artist's hand can comment on history in a way that history can't comment on itself you know absolutely the pyramids are meaningless to us except for what meaning we put on them and that meaning is what we've discovered no one you know it wasn't an oral legacy passed down we rediscovered these things and what remains is the artist's hand his signature on the work yeah and i think with like when you speak of like the pyramids and stuff i don't think that what us maybe as americans for the most part we don't we don't really connect to the meaning of it. We just like if 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 all three of us were to go to Egypt and see the pyramids, I think we would be more in awe of like how big it is and how amazing like this structure is. But 
the reason it's built doesn't really have any kind of a right, connection yeah. to us. It's just, we, oh my God, this is. We are not in awe of feet. that Pharaoh who right. is buried under that right. structure. It's no. just what we're looking at, what's tangible to us. Right. And that's the only thing. That like who to the us. Mona Lisa, who Mona Lisa really was in real life is not something that matters to us, but the art, the artist's impression of her on canvas is what remains. And, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, I mean, look at what has lasted. 2,000 years ago, what was the same? Well, people were still, you know, sneaking and conniving and cheating and carrying on and still helping each other, blah, blah, blah. But Jesus Christ remains as this powerful allegory, this, like, religion remains and art remains. Mm-hmm. That's like yeah. Yeah. something... And it won't go away. No, right. yeah. It will never go away. No, and, like, to this day, they're... You change like the medium, like from rock and roll to hip hop, and you still have greatness. Like yeah. from folk music, I mean, Bob Dylan reached that pinnacle. He invented the singer-songwriter profession, and he reached the top of the top. I mean, Visions of Joanna, I could have easily picked off Blonde on Blonde, right. one of my favorite songs. And then what came after him? People who were interested in Dylan started playing music, you know, and. You got that whole '70s singer-songwriter thing with Neil Young and Carole King and Towns. Towns. I mean, like it goes deeper and deeper. And but these are people who feel things beyond themselves and express things beyond themselves. Like a pop song about a, a woman, like the Beatles' "Hold Your Hand," does not remain. But their songs about the greater human experience remain. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not those. Like you can connect with someone easily. We've all done it. You meet someone and you like find common things to connect on. And music can do that too, but it doesn't endure as much as the deeper connections that are expressed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. To, to even touch on that, like that, it, it was Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan made the Beatles. You know, absolutely. Oh man, listen. no one remembers. I want to hold your hand and all that stuff. Like no, that would have easily died out until he was like told them. Hey, this sucks. Here's a joint. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, um, what's John Lennon's song? Uh, oh, man. It's a total Dylan ripoff. Uh, I don't know if it's Norwegian Woods, something about where he, he was having an affair with some woman and he wrote a song about it. But it's very Dylan esque. And Dylan responded, even like, you know, I didn't ask for your trip. Don't <laughs> come on to mine. Yeah. But, you know, what's funny about that, though, is that, I mean, it could have been intended as flattery. But I mean, but it can always be, but it's how you interpret music that it's, it's either going to be good or bad. And that's a microcosm of life, isn't it? Like how you interpret your interactions with other people Mm -hmm. shape your worldview and your parents give you a certain thing like Elvis influenced Dylan, but where, you know, you don't see it as evident. Just like, you know, you can be, if you're a filmmaker or a podcaster, you know, like you can listen to the the masters or the originators of the genre and if you're imitating them then that's one thing but to take your influences and say something yourself is like that's art exactly because nothing nothing is built out of the blue it's all there's a foundation there Mm -hmm. you don't get picasso without the dutch masters you know you can't change lanes if there's not a lane to begin with so that's not what I'm saying, but you know what I mean? Like you definitely, it's like if you see a, if Jason Paul or Jackson Paul, Jackson Paul yeah. if he could paint the Mona Lisa just like that, but he also did what he did, then that's why it's art. It's not right. that he did that. It's that he made those artistic choices because he could do anything he wanted to. Same with Joanna Newsom. I mean, this, she's intelligent. 
and she's very highly musically educated. Mm-hmm. She plays a harp, and when she sits at a piano, it's heartbreaking. It's like Michael Jordan, man. If you play basketball, he's good. It's that worth work ethic. It's that foundation. It's where you come from. You, I mean, if Bill Gates was selling um, fish tanks, <laughs> every home would have a fish tank. Yeah, you know, right. because it's just it's that personality. It's the artist within that. You know, I feel like. If you have that work ethic, that's the difference it takes, you know, between... Because if LeBron didn't have a work work ethic, we wouldn't know shit about him, right? right? But you Absolutely. have to have that. That's where the talent truly comes. You can be the best of the best, but if you're not out there doing, then, you know, it's not going to turn up. It's mm-hmm. not going to show yeah. up in anything. Yeah, absolutely. And and what's and this is kind of out of both your realms, Courses course, Lightning. I don't know if you listen to EDM much. And he does. I, I, uh, I've... <laughs> But that's, I think that's why I really, really enjoy EDM because, yeah, there is a lot of original music, but their foundation is their interpretations on music that's already existed. Mm. You can go on YouTube and find an EDM version of like The Beatles, of Dylan. Like I there's like, drops yeah. of any kind yeah. of music, and that's their quote unquote electronic take on these acoustic songs. And I think that's why I like it. And you go to these shows and it's like, Okay, cool. Like we're listening to your music, but then you're hitting me with, you know, a quote unquote cover. But it's not really. See, cover. that's what Dylan didn't face these copyright infringement issues when he quoted French literature or when he sampled Odessa. I mean, he, yeah. you weren't sampling it literally with a sampler, but he right. was playing those guitar parts from folk songs he had heard mm-hmm. and putting his own lyrics over them, and that's what created the whole new genre of music that he folk rock that he came mm-hmm. out of, which now you know with the uh, the litigation slows the process. We love who doesn't love to hear that Michael Jackson "Shake Your Body Down to the Ground" sample in a new song that you like. You know, why can't we touch on those things? Alexandra Dumas could touch on the literature that came before him, and it wasn't a ripoff. Right. He was pointing in that direction, and that's the lineage. I mean, like think about a story, and you like. We all know, like, we told that story, that funny story from 10 years ago. And it gets a little bit fabricated, a little bit added on to. And that's the same with anyone else. It's like, what is music's ultimate goal? I, I can't speak on that. But the to connect on an emotional human level, there's certain elements that you decide you want to add to that story. And that's the way it goes. I mean, you're not ripping anybody off. You're not. And I feel like in the future that, EDM, that is where music is going. Yeah. And litigation can slow it down or it can proceed naturally into that arena where, you know, I mean, who doesn't love a good throwback? Like you're listening to something and they throw back a, a Dr. Dre beat from the 90s right. that, or a, yeah, a triple six and you're like, I know that. It's yeah. a great mm-hmm. thing. You're not hurting. You're not ripping. He's not saying I am Dr. Dre. Right. right. He's playing this shit a this little. Is, yeah. yeah. And it's beautiful. And, it's fun. And it's kind of like, and I mean, I don't want to get too crazy about about the the podcast itself. You know, we we don't play the, the songs that that we would want to. You know, we want to play our guest songs, but you know, it is, you know, we've done the research. It is incredibly expensive, uh, and and just to play it, you know, one time on this. I mean, granted, it's going to be downloaded multiple times, but I don't feel like a snippet is worthy enough for me to get sued or, you know, for our episodes to not get That's why we need posted. soul beer. Yeah. Well, there's uh Yeah, we do need soul beer, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, there's a, uh, you know, uh, appropriate use or something. Yeah. Com- you know, I mean, five, ten seconds of a song. 
probably not a problem. I know you're worried about like, mm -hmm. you know, that will kick you off Instagram, Facebook, iTunes. Oh, absolutely. Those, yeah. And that's really what you're worried about. But I mean, no one was doing that to Prince when he started. No. No one was saying, look, you're ripping off Stevie Wonder. Stop. Right. You can't be heard because Stevie Wonder always already did this. No, but to turn around and try to do that to someone else, which is something I love about Noel Gallagher, mm -hmm. because Oasis was compared to this and that, and they even, you know, they openly admitted to taking songs and making them their own, and then we move on ten years, and other bands are doing that, Kasabian or something, and yeah. Noel Gallagher comes out and says, "Yeah, that's what we did, you know, right. not a big deal." I've like, heard him talk about that. Yeah, too, like yeah. the Verve yeah. sampled a tiny piece of a Rolling, Rolling Stones. Stones orchestral arrangement yeah. they got they had to pay for that to the rolling stones eventually i mean that's a beautiful song that the rolling stones did not write right but the the band gets no credit for it. the same with sean Ryder, happy mondays they did a cover of a song step on from like it was the early 70s and it was just like kind of like this credence rocking song they redid it in the early 90s as like a dance hall you know yeah. club mm -hmm. music thing and they added so much and it's you know, but they got zero money from that because they had to pay the, the original mm -hmm. creator of those lyrics. Like the lyrics are the only thing that's the same. And he even added more lyrics. And that's unfortunate because when those guys were, when the Rolling Stones were starting out, Muddy Waters wasn't suing them. Right. Alan Wolf wasn't suing them. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's so to turn around and do that to the next generation and people say rock is dead no wonder right we're, yeah you're sl we're halting our own progress here right it's like um you know jeremy you're a huge fan like i am of dj shadow introducing had the record for the most samples mm -hmm. because it's oh. it's incredible it's just an album of samples he went he's a digger and for those of you who don't know what a digger is is he would go to old record stores and he would be there for hours and he would just pick albums and he'd be like well they would be stuck to the ceiling here. and he would yeah and he would just cut a little bit of like a song from here a song from there and just cut a little snippet and make it his own thing there's no telling what he had to pay or what he is paying like i mean the good thing is that, that album is fantastic and he's made it's in my top five he's, ever he's oh, made man. millions off that off that album so he's easily able to pay for that but but also like i give i get that you give a little taste back to the original artist but yeah, if DJ Shadow samples some weird brass band album from the 60s, yeah. it's like, no one is going to listen to that. Mm -hmm. He's bringing it back. He's showing it some light. Right. I mean, people are going to go seek that out on YouTube and see where the sample came from, just like Fatboy yeah, Slim. that's what I was yeah. going to say. I listened to uh, Camille Yarbrough from that, We've come a long, long way together. Mm. The the praise you sample. Yeah, yeah. No one, no one's buying that record until Fatboy Slim samples it, <laughs> and everyone goes back and looks at that and right. goes, "Oh yeah, that was great." Why, you know, like, it's ridiculous. It's, it's the it's that's what happens when yeah, business influences art. With the Medici, who knows how many beautiful masterpieces were created under that system that uh -huh. didn't see the light of exactly, day because yeah. the Medici were you know controlling yeah. the and it's it's like that today you don't there's a how many bands are in a garage that would blow the doors off of yeah. foo fighters or the pumpkins right. or something but we'll never know yeah. because that's not you know right and it's and it's that's part of the the kind of the rock is dead thing we were talking about the other day is like they don't maybe they probably don't even feel like they have the same outlet like you can right. you can be an up and coming hip hop artist and you can you can be noticed off of 
any outlet. I mean, just come oh, up yeah. from nothing. SoundCloud, YouTube. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't think rock stars, for whatever reason, either feel like they have that same opportunity or aren't getting that same opportunity. Yeah. Look but, at who's, look at arenas. Like, yeah. when the Foo Fighters were a young band, they were selling out shows. There's Metallica, when they were a young band, well, even Black Album, they're touring yeah. the biggest arenas possible. Oh, just And still to this crowd. day, but where's the next metal band that is up to that level. It's a, and I think that's that the level, nostalgia no. that we were all guilty of, right. yeah. of our childhood music or whatever. It's, it's part of the, the, um, the cogs in the system that mm-hmm. turn from one kind of music to the next, yeah. but you lose something because we don't have like the Metallica's replacement never comes. Mm-hmm. The, the next Eminem never comes right. because you know, he filled that. And so the people who grew up on Eminem, find something new that they like and it's you know it's not him and the people who are still looking for the next Eminem get lost in the system mm-hmm. it, like like Seattle yeah, it's not there till Eminem comes back and just murders everybody on the scene <laughs> Dude, yeah I'm not even an Eminem fan but it's hard to deny his dominance oh yeah, yeah he's got the I mean he made a movie mm-hmm. about where the, he came from yeah like, and the, the first hip-hop song to win an Oscar was uh Lose yourself. Lose yourself. Yeah. You know, the next one was from Hustle and Flow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that was Three Six Mafia. It's hard out here yeah. for Infinity. Yeah, I because, love that. Uh, yeah. And what's funny, though, is for a while after they won that award, Juicy J changed his name to, uh, uh, what was it, Oscar Award winning Juicy J. Like, you had to refer to him as Oscar Award winning Juicy J. And I was like, man. That's definitely a gangster move. Like yeah. I would do that yes, in a heartbeat. Yeah. North Memphis is a you know come up. That's like us. It's, it'd be like us coming out of Butler County, Kentucky, right? And yeah. become and winning an Oscar. Right. You know, I mean, like you can totally get where they're coming from on that. Right. Eminem. I mean, Detroit. Uh, Jack White around the same time as Eminem <laughs> yeah, was actually, coming yeah, out of Detroit. Really right. There's. I feel like there's scenes in music like Seattle. LA in the 80s or um, Detroit in the early 2000s mm-hmm. and I feel like Nashville is growing I feel like Nashville is going to have an explosion of bands in that yeah. along those lines and not Nashville that's just country yeah music. not Broadway just, not yeah, yeah because but, if you walk if you walk down Broadway in Nashville there's a guitar player every five feet oh it's uh-huh. it's horrible yeah and one as good as the next but yeah. you, it's hard to stand out and it's like if you want to stand out in your pink shirt, don't go to a pink shirt rally. Right. Yeah. You know, like, um, yeah, like towns coming up out of Texas at a time, Austin, when there wasn't a scene there. Right. And standing out, you know, like, do, I don't know, does Nirvana stand out in a scene of seethers and uh, salivas and stuff? If they were all in one town, maybe they don't stand out. But, right. If Nirvana comes out now, are they as big? I don't think so. I don't either. And that what, what about Harvest, Neil Young? What if that album came out today? Uh-huh. I, I don't. I don't think it even. I, I don't think it makes it even I to would, the internet. Yeah, I would love to hear it, but I don't think I would even be aware that it had came out uh-huh. at the time. And it's it's a shame, but the, that's how it happens, man. The everything happens at the right moment at the right. You know, that's what right I was going to say. That's why I, I, you might can make the argument that Nirvana would be as popular if they came out today because everybody's waiting on that. I, yeah, I mean, there there is that argument to it, but and it's not even anything that's groundbreaking in my opinion. It's, oh, yeah, even like, when it's it came super out, super simple music. Right? Yes. Well, tying that back to the Pumpkins, it's you can hear where Cobain was coming from. Yeah. You can hear 
the the Ramones and the Beatles in Nirvana. Where yep. was Billy Corgan coming from? You cannot hear no. like he was on something else. And yeah. I'm I like me personally for my money, if I had to choose, I would probably take Cobain's music over Corgan's. But it's close. And but the thing I have trouble with is like I could listen to the Beatles and the Ramones and see where Cobain was coming from with these songs. Yeah. Listen to the Melvins and hear that heaviness that he was. You're making a to. really good point. But where does Corgan, Corgan will tell come you? From? You know, like David Bowie and mm-hmm. Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, yeah, all these but things. You don't but you even don't even hear, hear it there. No, yeah. you, you don't hear melancholy in Starman or right. uh, Paranoid by Sabbath. You don't hear it there. He, yeah, there's there's a musical genius for every moment, you know? Yeah. I mean, I love ASAP Rocky. Yeah. And he may have already had his moment, but when he did, he was at the peak of his, and before Kendrick Lamar came along, and everyone seems to be on that shit, <laughs> but when ASAP Rocky was at his peak, the beats were on point, he was selected. I feel like there's a, a genius for every moment, yeah. and Corgan was his genius in his moment. Yeah. Yeah, and no one could tell him what was right or wrong. He, yeah, that's what I yeah. that's what I do appreciate about him is you know he he would they would never do the same album and and a lot of the fans would hate him for it. Absolutely. Would hate him for it. And I he hated was so him for later. Where even right. then I hated that, him for later work. But you're yeah. right, man. And when's the when's the last time a, a heavy rocking band has been on top of the charts like not Melancholy right. and Nevermind? Yeah, these albums that like were not just classics for us music fans but in the in the bars for yeah. your average civilian who just overhears music and right. likes it that way well, you know i mean how how scary would that be how much pressure would that be to build that empire from the, the ground up and then basically just know know that you're going to destroy it oh, but yeah. take that chance anyway absolutely yeah, yeah. and then it's going to pay off tenfold down the that line that ties back into the artist's dilemma right because right you're you're giving a piece of yourself away to advance humanity right. and, and like how, that's a high vibrating thought to have about yeah. popular music but it's true yeah. it is i mean you you give something away to gain something right. just like there's nothing in life is free people you're we're all aware of that we'll say it out loud but who really gives something away to have something right the artist really i mean there are a lot of good bands and artists that you can you can hear their early work and then you can start to like sometimes it may take longer than others but you can tell this is the moment when they went introspective and was like I'm going to put everything Absolutely. in my soul out here you and, can hear and it. people will connect to it and appreciate it that much more uh, to I mean to, to talk about the ultimate thing that's been over talked about the dark side of the moon you can hear it on metal that they're getting there. Right. Yeah. And exactly. you can hear it. You can hear echoes and something like echoes. You can hear like, okay, I want to see what this band does next. If yeah. they're evolving, they could easily, you could make metal be a classic band disappear forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they came back harder, stronger. They wanted it more. It goes back to that drive. They put in work yeah. into that yes. album. Uh, Michael Jordan, as lazy as me, is, is still me, you know? <laughs> right. But yeah. a Michael Jordan who works hard every fucking day. That's what it's like. It's easy to see the virtuoso guitar player on YouTube, mm-hmm. but to know how he got there, it's the same as any of us could have right. got there. Human potential is human potential, but if you don't spend those hours and hours with that guitar, they say that like, if you knocked on Jimi Hendrix's uh, hotel room in 1967, he would have a guitar hanging from his neck. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. If you Easily. knocked on Eric Clapton's guitar in 1977, 
he would have a guitar hanging from his neck. That was what they, you know, it was read about a uh, Don Daryl would wake up from dreams and have like a, a riff that yeah, he dreamed yeah. about and just start writing it. You know? Absolutely. That. Like that yeah. Keith Richards would, they would, you know, they'd set up these domiciles, like mm-hmm. mansions they'd live in, but he would sit there in a recliner and play his guitar and play his guitar. Mm-hmm. And then when he found something he liked, they would go with it, mm-hmm. but they would have to sit and wait for that inspiration. And, and maybe that's maybe that's what's missing now. Maybe that's why we don't have that rock band that's taking over because it's too easy. I feel like now it's like, well, I can just throw it on YouTube and you know, right. get a thousand views, I'm good. Right. Yeah. But when you didn't have that and you had to travel to get exposure, Absolutely. that's the work. So I think that's why. And you, you don't ha- have that band right now. And bands that would have to grow on you could actually grow on you because you would hear them here and there. Right. It's like if you don't have that instant gratification now, you get lost in the fold. Yeah. So like Katy Perry's and stuff can take over. And I think that's what's going to happen with Jeremy and Post Malone. I think you're going to hear it so much that you will inevitably just become a fan. I feel like it's it's right around the corner. I don't want to hate them. I don't I even. Actually, I can't even say I hate them. It's just that it, the I, music I, is overplayed. I, it's that's, overplayed. That's it's just it's overplayed. I think well, he. I don't think he appreciates and respects the genre that he's doing. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, look. I mean, 10, 12 years ago, uh, the Killers were the hottest thing around, right? I still love Mr. Brightside. What, right, Mr. Brightside. I didn't care for it at the time. Sam's town. But really time goes out. on, and you, I look back on that time. I hear that song. It reminds me of those moments. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like, I didn't like it at the time, but now I like it because it reminds me of those moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that, maybe Post Malone will do that for you, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. You know. And yeah. uh, but so many artists who I've like just heard casually in that way at bars or at work or something. Yeah, there was a period in my life when I was painting houses with my uncle, and he listened to country music all day. Mm-hmm. But now I know those songs. Like I don't know a lot of new country, but I know those songs because. Right. And it takes me right there, Luke Bryan and stuff. Like not my shit, but <laughs> I have that emotional yeah. connection with it, mm-hmm. which is important for all music. And that's and that's what kind of ties back to to Nate's episode. Um, his his jam was uh, Ghosts on the Dance Floor. Yeah, listen and he says to that. And in that song, it talks. You know, it's it's about that that one thing that reminds you of that one time when yeah. you know people you lost. Like it takes you back. Yeah. And so maybe you don't enjoy that song, but you enjoy the moment that is associated Absolutely. with that song. And so that's. I mean, that to me is is probably one of the most powerful things about music is that it can just play on your emotions more than anything. Well, one thing I've always thought about was like to have like a mini memoir but like each year of my life listed with the album or song mm-hmm. that I loved mm-hmm. in that moment like from the time I first became conscious of music outside of my parents music yeah, as like right. a kid yeah. and I started listening to Soundgarden and oh, Weird yeah. Al and uh, yeah cuz my parents were very into country but when those like old George Strait songs come on yeah. it takes me back to the yeah. car with my parents Absolutely. you know and I love them for that reason but there's something special about that music I discovered on my own, Rage Against the Machine right, and Soundgarden. Just appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. that's how it is when I hear like uh, Credence and ZZ Top. I always think of like yeah, my dad was a big Credence fan. Yeah, <laughs> and like that's that's how I got into to Dwight Yoakam. And I know you're you're oh, a big fan. Oh, yeah. oh man, yeah, that's um, my boy. me too. But when I when I first moved to Kentucky, we came in in my stepdad semi trailer. That's mm. how we got all our stuff here and and. They played a Dwight Yoakam Greatest Hits cassette yeah. for the entire 28 <laughs> hours it took for us to get up here. 
And I just, I heard, you know, Streets of Bakersfield. And I heard, you know, I just heard every, like, the greatest hits They're of Dwight Yoakam. They're gonna put me in a movie, yeah. yeah. For 28 hours. And, and by the end of it, I was like, I couldn't get these songs out of my head. And I was just like, but now, I love listening to Dwight Yoakam. That's something interesting. Like, as a child, a day's time is a, it's a huge portion of your life mm-hmm. up to that point. A week, two weeks. We had a... Uh, That's so true. Um, you remember like the first record deal I ever had was with BMG Music and I gave them a penny and they gave me <laughs> yeah, I five remember records. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, one of those was um, Garth Brooks, Some Gave All. Is that right? That was uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. Billy Ray Cyrus, Cyrus Some Cyrus, Gave All, yeah. yeah. And um, I mean, I was like six years old and my family had moved from Lexington to Morgantown, Kentucky. And uh, that just, to this day, it's not something I put on for the pleasure of it, but when I do hear it, uh-huh. it reminds me of those moments yeah. in my early childhood. And same with Brooks and Dunn. Oh, or, yeah. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. like that's, that was my parents' music. Mm-hmm. And then when I like made friends and started finding my own music, looking up to older kids that were into Rage or Soundgarden or something. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so this is, I mean, this has been very deep and incredible episode and and Latney, i want to thank you for for thank you, being man. here and giving oh, us your insights it, i hope some really people good. listen to sapaconican by joanna newsom because yeah, i'm going it, to as soon absolutely. as this is over with. Yeah, yeah it has that i've got some stuff to show you too absolutely um, i want to touch on something real quick because you sure. mentioned like uh because I, I think this is like any if if obviously there are rock people out there who are in their garages or wherever and they're making really good music no one's going to hear it uh you talked about like jackson pollock uh you know if an artist were to rip off jackson pollock or picasso how fucking obvious would that be it'd be completely obvious you, uh, right you know you so, can only, to, and you so can like only, you said to have the, right. the inspiration is one thing right because you could like you see yeah to if you only imitated that's what it's like if the rolling stones only imitated howlin wolf we wouldn't be talking about right them. but they they took some uh inspiration and they built upon that legacy like we do with our nieces and nephews and our yeah. kids and our, you know, the grandparents pass these lessons on. It's it's the same in any There's craft, so many ways to any do profession. it. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you're imitating, you can only be second best. Right. If you want, like, if you rip off Led Zeppelin, you'll only ever be second best. But if you study Jimmy Page's guitar work and you find something interesting to save your own self, you right. have something, that's when the new things come. Right. You know, we don't, you do, yeah, imitation does not create progression right you know, at all it's no, it's actually no. um detrimental to it yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely but you i mean you mentioned introducing now w- with dj shadow he would i don't know how long he spent in this record store but they would let him go down there in the basement i'm talking records it's like a maze piled to the ceiling now if you listen to introducing it's an amazing album and i wouldn't know where any of these samples came from unless i looked it up right. and specific and i've done that and you can, yeah, you can hear where in each track he's had like maybe four or five different albums that he messed with, and you can tell where it came from. But it's nothing like no. the actual oh, track. Yeah, because I he mean, manipulates it and he yeah, makes it so his even own. You, yeah, even thing. you could say this is exactly where I took this inspiration from. This is exactly where it is in this song. But he did something that it was completely his own. Absolutely. So I mean, you could, you could, you can even have that inspiration and wear it on your sleeve mm-hmm. and make it your own. So, I mean, yeah. like, uh, you got to like, find your way. And you can't make it so, I guess you can't make it so 
obvious where your influence comes from because like you said eventually we'll turn into imitation right and then you're only going to be known as oh well you're that band that's trying to be like them right it's like, but, man, yeah. that, that's it's like that's all I conversations to about the greatest guitar player you know you you bring up someone and uh like stevie ray and i say well ray you don't Vaughan. get stevie ray vaughn without Howlin' wolf mm -hmm. it's like well you don't get Howlin' wolf without the the plantation singers mm -hmm. of uh you know antebellum south mm -hmm. well you don't get them without the Scottish tradition and banjos of, right. you know, that folk music that came over from Europe. It's like, how far back do you want to go? But the people who distill this art form into its purest, they last, you know, like we were talking, right. me and Jeremy were just talking off the cuff, like what imitators of Stevie Ray Vaughan linger? What imitators of Stanley Kubrick linger in film? Even it's like you, you can try and you can strive to be that, but if you don't have something to say yourself, then it, right. it's really, you know, it's obvious. You're a cover no, band. Yeah, right. You're a cover band. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's like with the Darren Aronofsky who did mm -hmm. oh, God. that movie. That was a huge mistake on my Yeah. Part. Like, I, I feel like he tries really hard to do elements of Stanley Kubrick and David Lynch, and mm -hmm. he just completely falls flat. I mean, the guy's it's, it's got talent. It's way too much. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's it does not speak to me at all, and mm -hmm. I think he's pretentious about it. Yeah, like it's like you can you can imitate Rembrandt, but Rembrandt had you can see his fucking personality in his brushstrokes. He was saying something new, the way he played with light and the comments that the painter makes on the canvas about his subject. That the subject didn't sign up for, you know, right. but that smirk, that right, yeah. going back to my song, going back to that poem by Percy Shelley, you, the uh, the artist can put his touch on something, and that is what we're passing along. We're not, you know, it's not. I want to use the same black that's in the background of Mona Lisa, yeah. and use that. Like you're not going to create a masterpiece. Like we know, like it's not the the sampling that creates the masterpiece there is something new to say right you know there is something new to say and to build on the old art form and the digital age has given us this medium to build on the old art form you can take that marvin gay baseline and make something new with it yeah. and people shouldn't have to suffer for that that's why I feel we like still have people who today whose jobs are to make sure that these paintings are in in good shape and yeah. restored you know like if, even if like do a fresco and see how a fresco see how, <laughs> right. how long that lasts you know but let's like, say like be you, aware of it too just, I mean what if you took like um, say the death of Socrates that painting I think by Titian mm -hmm. and you cut that up you got a print of it on a paper like a poster and you cut that up and made a collage with it using uh, newspaper clippings yeah. or something and you made something beautiful mm -hmm. yeah. do you have to then pay his ancestors money <laughs> like his descendants right, yeah. it's right. like no I've made something new yeah. and like if you're going to be an artist who becomes part of the cultural dialogue like we all know Kanye West mm -hmm. we all know Kim Kardashian Whether I've never watched a single episode of Same. Keeping Up With The Kardashians yeah, but yeah. we all know Kim Kardashian yeah. she has become a cultural icon so to use her to say something else is right. not to, to, to rip her off. It's right. you're, you're touching on her status as a cultural yeah. icon to say something else. And I feel that's the same way if you sample the uh, Michael Jackson, if you sample uh -huh. Beat It, you're not, yeah, yeah it, like the law does not look at art the same way that the right. artist right. does. No, and that's, and, and maybe if more artists were to 
kind of enter that realm of business and law like i think maybe that they wouldn't be nearly as strict mm. but i think there would be a bit more understanding of what what artists are trying to do yeah, but right. see, there's no connection it's like okay well i got into i got into law because i love music and i, I got into this specific field but if you're not an artist and you don't understand where artists are coming from, then you're just some guy enforcing rules for Absolutely. no reason. How many bar bands play Honky Tonk Women by the Rolling Stones? And people have a good time. But if you want that song in your movie, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to pay, brother. You're going to yeah. pay, yeah. Yeah, but it's like, it's a cultural norm for a alt-rock band to play a Neil Young song or something. Absolutely. It's not, it's, you... Once you become a cultural icon, it's like you, your identity doesn't belong to you anymore. And that's something Dylan talks about. And it, it, I totally get it. And it's unfortunate for that person. But if you are touching on subjects for society as a whole, mm-hmm. you can't c- then come around and say, society is misappropriating my, you know, creation. Because Some... you, 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 you know, you introduce this into the public domain. Mm-hmm. Some of the best uh, bands I've seen locally, uh, and I don't know why I thought of this, but uh, they they, uh, they would do really solid covers of things that have uh, influenced them. And I, I, for some reason, remember this band called Halo Stereo, and I think they're from Nashville, actually. And uh, they had some good songs that they were doing on their own. And then, you know, when they would do a cover, they covered uh, Smashing Pumpkins. They did Today and Where Boys Fear to Tread. Oh, damn. And I they started that. playing Where Boys Fear to Tread. I could easily like, damn. Where Boys Fear to Tread. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, I I would I appreciate it. There are plenty of bands who just do covers. Right. Mm-hmm. But you know, throw one in there and let me know what influenced you. Absolutely. And, and as an original band, you can say something new on a cover because it's like uh, Shooter Jennings did that uh, Dire Straits song, Walk of Life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of genre crossing and stuff. But you get, like, you immediately recognize what his sound is because you have this canvas right. of the original to look at. And it's, I mean, I'm sure with EDM and samplers, like, you know, like, this is a picture he's painting. He's using the same colors. What if he just did Waylon songs? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That would, yeah. yeah. That would be, that'd be interesting for sure. Yeah. And people, there are people who are into that. People who, you know, want to go see, well, you know, well, let me, this is different, but you, like, let's say um, the Smashing Pumpkins are on tour. And how many of us are going to see them multiple times in our lifetime? You get there, you want to hear 1979, right. Tonight, Tonight. And the people who don't walk away feeling disappointed. Yeah, exactly. And that's why that's why the show that Jeremy and I went to was incredibly satisfying. Because it wasn't the new stuff and it wasn't the experimental stuff. It was the stuff we grew and up they played on. It like I didn't they know you went it. with yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. And so, well, here's a good one, too. Uh, I remember when I was first told about uh, Sturgill Simpson. And the and the thing the common theme was well he sounds like Waylon you should check him out he sounds like Waylon yeah I've heard he it's sounds like, like he, Merle you should yeah check him out. Yeah, yeah and like he is in incre- he's the best oh man right now he's the best that country has to offer and if I just went into it like uh, I don't I've already heard Waylon Jennings yeah you know? but right. yeah this is not yeah this ain't the Waylon I know but that's the thing yeah and like to but to even just like oh man I'm getting tongue tied saying it but like. <laughs> Musicians hate genres, yeah. but to talk about the music, you know, that's the framework we use, and it's not, 
it's not the best thing. It's unfortunate, especially if you're an artist who wants doesn't want to be stereotyped or something. But yeah. how do we discuss this music without? How do you discuss Dylan without discussing the folk tradition exactly. or the band or it's like the Beatles? Uh, last week, or yeah, it was last week. I went and saw uh, Jaws. Uh, he's an EDM artist, and he said before, he's like, "Yeah, I'm in EDM," but. Within EDM, there's so many subgenres. I feel so like every many. DJ has their own genre. Yeah. yeah, and he, but he says, I don't, I don't want to be any of that stuff. He's like, I'm gonna play what I want to play, and you either like it or you don't. Like, Absolutely. you can call me house, dubstep, whatever you want to, but that's like that's not who I want to be. I just want to play music for you guys, and you either like it or you don't. And that's and and that's the one thing that I truly respect about him is that. It's like don't don't classify me. Don't right. put me in my box. And when like, the artist just... starts putting themselves in the box, that's when their their material deteriorates. Yep. Yeah. It's like it's so like when you ask... when Metallica has to be Metallica on yeah. every album. Right. right. No, you know, real musical musically inclined people don't give a fuck about those albums. <laughs> yeah. They're keeping it up for the teenage t-shirt boys that, you know, they heard the black album once and they wear the shirt around high school for yeah. like Ride the it's part of their persona. Yeah. But you don't like saying anger. Yeah. <laughs> like I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, there is still good new music and uh, we can get yeah. to that. It's 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 And as time goes on, I mean, like that new Freddie Grip uh, Fred, uh, Freddie Gibbs album, he on the album cover, it's a throwback to like throwback. the 70s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, that stuff wasn't cool 10 years ago. No. Yeah. So, you know, time, it comes back around and stuff that, like, that little Filipino that's just a Michael Jackson ripoff. You know, it wasn't... Bruno Mars? Yeah, Bruno Mars. Yes. It wasn't cool to do that. <laughs> 10 years ago, it wasn't cool to do that, but time, like, yeah. has this effect. And I feel like, you know, we're going to come back... I like Creed, man. I hate to, like, <laughs> it's, it's not cool to say so, but I feel like a time... I'm with you. I think, I think it's cooler to say that you like Creed than it is Nickelback. Yeah, so right now, right. Nickelback's well, still yeah. getting yeah. shit on pretty yeah. hard. It sucks because that's, like, they're the, the whipping dog. It's so easy to shit I remember shit getting on. excited for when the first time I had Human Clay and listening oh, man, to them. Yeah. Yeah. I was prison, like, Mom, like, we, like, the rat pack... Rat packs or something yeah. here in Bowling Green. Yeah. Before um, pack rats. Pack yeah, rats. pack rats. Before whatever it became over there by Kmart. Uh, the Great Escape. Before the Great Escape and before Mellow Mats. Now. Yeah. yeah. The pack rats. Yeah. And I would go. I went in there and bought Limp Biscuits three dollar bill, y'all. Yeah. And now, like you know, you talk to someone about Limp Biscuit, they don't want to hear it. But First right. off, you talk to me about Limp Biscuit. Yeah, real. All day. Yeah. Yeah. I love Limp Biscuit. That's but that's like men of a certain age. You know, those are the songs that stick with you. Like I, I mentioned earlier in passing, it's just like from the, that adolescent period, the first stuff you're finding after your parents' music or whatever, that lasts a, la a lifetime. I go through phases. I was like a huge Mastodon fan yeah. 10 years ago, but that didn't stick with me as much as the stuff like Deftones that I found. Remember first that thing. new metal book I had that I got in Louisville? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there were like 100 bands listed just under the genre of new metal and how many are still how around? many deftones oh yeah and they weren't new metal no no that's the thing yeah, they were at that time them. oh yeah. man but they're they still doing their thing because they're doing what deftones do yes and it's beautiful and it's amazing it's great like yeah they're not they're not jumping on a bandwagon right they they're doing what they do yeah they were self-aware that's like think about legendary bands it's a group of friends from before they were a band and the drummer is a beast. That's what, like, right. your band is only Abe. as good as your drummer. Abe Cunningham. I feel like, yeah. I mean, you could put, yeah, you find a guitar player. We all know amazing guitar players. Mm -hmm. 
But think of an amazing classic legendary band, legendary band yeah. <laughs> that doesn't have an amazing iconic drummer. It's true. Uh, every single the ones one. during that era were you know, Abe Cunningham, Danny Carey, oh, man. Jimmy Chamberlain. Yes, absolutely. Beast drummers for sure. Yes, yeah. Um, you don't get yeah. No, you don't. And you can't make you can't polish a turd. They say <laughs> no. You really yeah. Can't. If you don't have that found, that's your foundation. Drums it, starts, and, it starts in the rhythm section. Bass yeah, the and bass drums and drums. Is, yeah, this is exactly where it's at. Absolutely. Like think about. And that's not just because I'm a drummer. I mean, that's I mean, that's just. I mean, it's facts. Absolutely, yeah. That, the beats what the beats what gets your get your feet moving and, and the and sound gets, of these you know. bands. Like Keith Richards has had solo albums and stuff, but the sound of that band begins at the rhythm section. Yeah. Uh, you know, Maynard circles great, but they had Josh Freese playing drums. Right. You know? uh, He's really good too. Absolutely. He's really good. Yes, and like. You don't you don't get tool without Danny Carey. I mean that's so obvious it it hurts to yeah, say it out obvious. loud. Yeah, I mean that he is, is that gifted. sound. Yes, and you could put. Yeah, and one of the most underrated, and I and I will and I will back this up. One of the most underrated drummers, and to me is my favorite, and I think he's one of the best. is Carter Buford from Dave, Dave Matthews, Matthews Band. Oh my God! Yeah. Absolutely one of the best drummers and i i that's put another him, example like you don't get yeah. dave matthews band on that level without a drummer yeah. on that level right. like put fucking you could you yeah. could say travis barker too because he, oh, he, he, he was incredible yeah incredible oh, absolutely um and it's so it's yeah i mean and it all stems and it all goes back it all circles back around i mean yeah. there's it's incredible so yeah you don't get one without the next one you don't get right. josh freese without alex van halen he studied him. right you don't get danny carey without john bonham like i understand right. that but but people there will there's always going to be somebody better than the last right there's always going to be and but danny carey doesn't play full in the rain beat mm-hmm. on tool songs he has learned from bonham and developed his own style exactly. using like the jazz drummers of the 70s He's like amazing. tony williams mm-hmm. and stuff yeah and built on that legacy and For that's sure. buddy that's rich art, man yeah and no one says oh you're you know like i feel the same way about a dj sampling something as i do about fucking uh dave grohl studying yeah. ringo you know like i feel like you're not you're you're building on it a dj if you want to go out there and just play shake your body down to the ground by michael jackson that's one thing but to sample that bass and put it with these drums that is not right he does you don't owe him anything right more than he owes the stevie wonder and more than he owes you know fucking marvin Gaye. yeah (laughs) i mean we all come from somewhere (laughs) right but i mean jimmy chamberlain was uh started as a jazz drummer yeah. Oh, never, you know. I feel like he came out of the womb a beast. <laughs> yeah. Like you look at him now, he's amazing, and you look at him back then, he's amazing. Still tight. Yeah. I mean, how many drummers need? They have this like their ego is represented in their drums. How many cymbals and right. bells they have? And Jimmy Chamberlain have Doesn't a four-piece have, kit yeah. and play. It's like a Gish Terry Bozio. Yes. The kit he had. Oh man, and just like all these like do you? Yeah. You it's just absurd. That. No. <laughs> what? Yeah, you can appreciate the simplicity or the simple tools he uses to make it's like an Amish person what what do we love about it? Amish crafts they're they use sim- yeah they're yeah. handmade they use hand tools yeah. the time it took to make that it's like it's absolutely incredible. yeah I wanted it's, to say because uh, we were 
getting a little emotional uh, listening to, to Jason Isbell yesterday oh, and man. Children of Children. I never heard that, that song could yesterday. Easily oh be my song. God, that song is <laughs> I incredible. I texted my mother this morning about that song. Yeah, I talked to my mom last night about wow. it too. Yeah. But like the drummer on that, I mean, how big was his kit? And it, oh, yeah, and it yeah. was good, man. And like had, his uh, snare CC drum had. Drums, I, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, who is Matt Chamberlain? Yeah. Plays those CC drums. Uh, and I love, man, he's a beast. There's, I mean, you can actually look at the 90s and think of a hit song, and you can name the drummers on one hand uh, Victor and Drizzo, Matt Chamberlain. I mean, these. Matt Cameron. Matt Cameron. Yeah. I mean, fucking hell, Dave Grohl. Like, yeah. yeah. There's. A handful of drummers who made all of those songs great. For sure. And like you get someone like Alanis Morissette, who's a great singer, and uh, you know she writes these songs. But does she reach that status without Victor and Drizzo playing drums for her? Yeah. You know I don't know, man. I really feel like the drummer. <laughs> I mean, it's like I agree. We, we, I really we agree do. that the the rhythm is the foundation of Absolutely. music. But do we agree that the drummer is the foundation of the band? It's like. Really, you look at these things and bands try to like flip through drummers and it's not working no, out. Yeah. No. You don't have that sound because chemistry is built in a in a test tube, mm-hmm. in a in a beaker. Right. And if you don't have that beaker, how are you gonna make that chemistry between the right. singer and the guitar player? Right. I mean, they don't get enough love drummers, man. No, they don't. They don't, no. You don't get any of these bands without that drummer that was there. That's why the uh, um, that's why the drum solo exists, so you can have your yeah. like five to ten yeah, minutes like, of yeah. like this is what I do. I want this guy to stay in the band. I'm gonna give him a drum solo. <laughs> yeah. uh, but we could, guys, we could literally go on for. We'll have to do this hours. again sometime. We, yes, yeah. man, this is part one of. Laddie I love Blum. so yeah. many songs, this and is, I I agree with you guys um, on so many subjects. Yeah. So we can we'll, we'll definitely have you back, but it is now time for us to talk about some uh, new songs that Jeremy and I are listening to. Uh, Jeremy, what do you have? Uh, I'm excited, man. I never. I feel like I never have nothing new to bring to the table. I'm always having to dig for something old. Uh, I was uh, I came across this band called Sleep Party People, okay. and the song is called uh, "I'm Not Human at All." Huh. And I'm trying I was trying to think so hard of how to describe this band. Um, it's like a five piece. I'm pretty sure there's one guitarist, and most of the band is compiled of keys and synth mm-hmm. and piano stuff like that. And the drummer is he uses an electronic kit. Oh, nice. Uh, it blew me away man for real uh they uh from what i could gather it wasn't just a a, this one video they uh they have this gimmick thing to where they all wear black with hoodies and they have rabbit masks huh uh and i'm trying to think of how to describe the sound like the the vocals are like abstract distorted you couldn't really make out what the guy's saying Mm -hmm. but it it's almost like it lends itself as an instrument to the band too uh it's like a dream compressor type thing it's just really like the whole band is dreamy like a weird not nightmare right but along those lines but um it's because of the the instruments that they use you could classify them a, a couple of different ways like if i were to talk to you and to try to sell you on it but yeah it's kind of like got some edm elements to it yeah. if you went to an edm party and they had sprite and coding handed out <laughs> to people it's just like you're not going to necessarily dance right. to it but it's got that it's, element it's trancy. To it. trancy for sure okay. uh what i was going to say is probably like if you had elements of a shoegaze band like 
slow dive or something mm -hmm. and mix that with some like electronica type stuff that's going on oh, nowadays nice. so it was uh and i like those things so they made it work incredibly well and they're like instantly drawn to this band like it's really good um the guitar this the sole guitar player uh he started off on this one particular song that i want people to hear uh really simplistic clean and then it's but it still had like some reverb to it kind of mm -hmm. like a 50s type thing okay. Uh, and as the song progresses and gets more uh, intense, it was like My Bloody Valentine type stuff to where it's just like really fast playing uh, and a lot of uh, a lot of like reverb and chorus in it, you oh, know, nice. stuff like that. Yeah. But man, blew me away. Definitely have to check that out. Yeah. Um, mine is kind of different. Uh, R&B, we haven't talked much about R&B, and, and I'm, I'm a sucker for, for a nice R&B slow jam. I mean, uh, who isn't? Oh, yeah. Um, but I, I came across this this girl. Uh, I believe her name is Ella May. Yeah, that's right. Ella May. Um, and she has a song called Trip. And and at first, I was just kind of like, well, it's another kind of poppy R&B song. And the more I got to listen to it, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is, this is really good. Like, this is, like, true r&b music and like there's so much feeling and emotion in this song and i was just like i was just kind of taken aback by it and you know granted it took me a couple times listening to it to to really understand it and feel it and so um you know there are still r&b artists coming out i mean it doesn't really seem like it now with kind of hip-hop doing what it's doing right there's now. some really good r&b man yeah great r&b and so i definitely recommend checking out uh ella may uh her last name is n-a-i mm -hmm. um ella may and that song is called trip so um definitely check out all these songs uh once again latney thank you for joining us thank you, um, man. this has been an absolute uh pleasure and um we haven't all three been in the same room in no, a long time. It's been a so really long time. Sorry, it went Ten on. balls was actually like really one of the last <laughs> few times I think we were all together. But man, it's so hard to pick one song too. I love so yeah. many, but I feel like come back. Yeah, yeah all right. You I'll know, I'm back. sure it'll change probably by the next time we have you. Up. Yeah, I'll come sit in with uh, someone else too and just hear yeah, what man. they have to say. I love it, man. You know, I love music. Yes, yes, I do. And um, so, just if you if you like what you've heard and. Um, or if you didn't, you know, let us know, rate, Please. review. Um, if you're on the Anchor app, feel free to send us a voice message. Uh, you can ask us questions or make comments. Um, and, you know, if you want to, you can slide in our DMs on social media. You know, hit us up on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, shoot us a message and let us know what you think. But, um, you know, thank you guys for listening so much. Thank you.